What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Mind Over Macros podcast. As always, I am your host, Mike Milner. Today's episode, I was joined by a very special guest. I had Coach Liz Larson from Team Pop in the house on the episode, on the show. I really should do more of this, bring my coaches on because we have the best team in the world. We have the best coaches in the world. And it's about time that you guys see just how brilliant and how amazing and how special they really are. I get asked this question relatively frequently, which is like, what is the secret sauce behind pop that has made you successful? You've transformed thousands of lives. We are very grateful and fortunate to be able to say that, that we have helped transform thousands of lives. It's incredible. And the answer is I have the best team. I have the best coaches. I have the best team, period. And Liz is definitely an example of that. As you will see with this amazing conversation that we had, we talked about her journey from starting dieting at a very young age to being diagnosed with celiac, autoimmune condition, Hashimoto's, her journey through you know aesthetics to health and functional health, to becoming a coach, to becoming a functional nutritionist. And the path that she's been on, I think, is very inspiring. It's very empowering. A lot of you will connect to her story, will relate to her story. And this is really helpful if you ever feel like there's something going on that just doesn't quite add up and you're not getting answers. There are answers. You are not alone. We see you. We hear you. You have a place to go where we understand. And Liz is definitely one of those people that can be in your corner and your support system because she's been there herself. She was told by doctors that she was perfectly healthy. There was nothing wrong with her. They couldn't understand why she was in the doctor's office. And it turns out, you know, she has all of these symptoms. She had, um, you'll hear about it in the episode, but but she advocated for herself to get answers because there are answers to be had. So if you enjoy this conversation, of course, we want to hear from you. We want feedback. We want to know who's listening. We want to know who this impacts. The first thing that you can do is leave a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts. If you go to the podcast app on your phone, Apple Podcast app on your phone, you pull it up, you go to the search function, you type in Mind Over Macros, you tap on the thumbnail. By the way, you do this even if you're already subscribed to the show. After you tap on the thumbnail, you scroll all the way down until you see the ratings and reviews. You'll tap on write a review. You'll submit your little five-star review and you will be eligible to win a supplement of your choice from one of our sponsors. And we've got some great, a great selection to choose from. And we also want you to subscribe. So you can just hit the follow button or the subscribe button wherever you listen to podcasts. That is how we get the show to show to more people. We need the show to show to more people. And then the last thing is you can take a screenshot of the episode and post it to your stories on Instagram. You can tag me at coach underscore Mike underscore Milner, and you can tag Liz. She is at liz.pop.nutrition. All right. I think that's it for me. With that being said, enjoy the episode. All right, everybody. I am joined today by a very special guest. Something that I should probably do more of is bring the pop coaches onto the show, but I really feel like we have the best team 
on the planet. Yes, I'm biased, but I also truly believe that. Um, anytime somebody asks me like, what was the secret to pop success and how did you grow so quickly and do all the things that you've done? And it really comes down to people like Liz Larson, who is an amazing coach and um, somebody that has been around for a while and has been one of the like cornerstone pieces of the coaching team. So Liz, welcome. I'm glad that you're here. Thanks, Mike. It's uh, about time. I know. Yeah. <laughs> I'm happy to be here too. Uh, so I actually don't even know like the full origin story. So I'm excited for this conversation. Uh, oh, I always there because like we, you know, we always get into this industry coaches, like it's, it's kind of a difficult job. It takes a lot of energy. It takes a lot of time and patience and empathy and compassion and knowledge. And we're dealing with people on a, you know, on something that is so vulnerable. So I feel like mm -hmm. to voluntarily jump into this as a career, we always come from a place of our own like personal story. And that's what is the springboard to being like, you know what, this is really beneficial. I want to pay it forward. Uh, so what was that starting point for you? And like take yeah. as far as you want to go back and, and just to okay. like <laughs> all the way back. Well, when I was born, no. Um, so yeah, I, I did grow up in a very similar culture to like a lot of our clients. You know, my parents were always dieting. Um, I even earned my first car by cooking uh, South Beach diet meals one summer. That's how I got my 1991 Oldsmobile Bravada. Um, just uh, was kind of always in the back of my mind and the family. Um, but I was always like the tomboy growing up. I was athletic. I played ice hockey with the boys. I still play. Um, and I went through a period where I had like bad acne, a unibrow, uh, you know, glasses, braces all at the same time. So <laughs> the trifecta basically, um, I got bullied a lot for it. So, <clears throat> um, and then all my girlfriends were like smaller than me and skinny so I think I did my first juice cleanse when I was maybe in like eighth grade. Um, and I was just really aware of my own aesthetics from like a, a pretty young age. Um, and then in high school, I actually uh, ate some bad spinach. I'm not sure if you were uh, like familiar at the time that there was this like outbreak of bad spinach all over the world. Um, and it was contaminated with E. coli. So I ended up getting really sick. And, uh, you know, the doctors put me on triple antibiotics, um, got better, which was good. But from there, I ended up developing uh, H. pylori ulcers. <clears throat> and so again, given more antibiotics, it's interesting because now that I know what I know, I kind of like think back on that. And I'm like, man, they never really followed up with me on that. You know, they were just like, here's your antibiotics, have fun with it. Um, and then about a year after that, I actually started having some uh, interesting symptoms, mostly neurological. So I was getting like tingling in my fingers and toes and headaches almost every single day. I was bloated, but mostly just really, really tired. <clears throat> and then I um, actually ended up having blood in my stool, which was at the time, of course, my mom freaked out. <laughs> She's like, yeah, that's not good. You know, let's go to the hospital. Thank goodness. <laughs> So we went to the doctor um, and found out I have celiac disease. So and celiac disease is an autoimmune disease where your body recognizes gluten as a foreign invader, basically, and takes no prisoners. Like it gets in your body and your body just goes on full alert and starts shooting everywhere. <clears throat> so um, 
so uh, what this was 2008 also by the way so this is when like gluten being gluten-free wasn't really a big thing like now everybody knows what gluten is and it's kind of you know become a, a bad diet in a sense in some in some instances but for me it's a, it's autoimmune so it's it's quite different than just like being gluten intolerant but i met with a um nutritionist and she again didn't really know what what gluten was so it was like you need to go on a gluten-free diet and basically what this looks like is <clears throat> you're going to eat all meats all vegetables all fruits like that's it that's all you can eat they thought that caramel color had gluten in it. You know, they thought maltodextrin was glutinous. So it was really a complete change in my diet. And uh, at the time I was just about to start college. So I was like, oh, hell yes. Like I'm going to go on this super healthy diet. I'm going to lose some weight. Um, <laughs> and what actually happened was I, in two months of being gluten-free, I gained 15 pounds. And for me already being like, aesthetically minded about to start college, right? Like I'm a 17 year old girl going to go to college and I gain the freshman 15 before I even become a freshman basically. And I go back to this nutritionist and she's like, yay. So excited for me that I've gained 15 pounds. And I of course am like pissed. So I'm like, what are you talking about? I had no idea. And so she of course like explained it to me. And now I, I understand a lot better. But because you're like creating this um, system in your intestines, it's like a war zone. You're just not absorbing any nutrients. So, you know, the Taco Bell quesadillas and the Subway sandwiches that I was eating all the time weren't really nutritious anyway, but I wasn't absorbing any of that because I didn't have any intestinal lining. Basically, it was all destroyed. So the gaining 15 pounds took me from being like malnourished to actually being nourished and being able to digest and absorb my food. Um, and so this really kind of took me down the path of like health. And even though I was a little bit pissed off about it, I was like pretty intrigued. Like what, why is this happening? I'm eating as healthy as I possibly could and gaining weight. And I, I don't appreciate that. So I'm going to learn more about it. Um, at the time I thought that meant uh, I wanted to be a doctor. <laughs> so I went to school and I double majored in biochemistry and molecular biology, which, um, you know, really are a lot of the foundational pieces of nutrition, um, kind of down to its scientific form. Um, but surprise, I'm not a doctor. That's why I'm here. So <laughs> I'm happy about that, by the way. And I took a lot of like twists and turns to get to where I am now with you. Um, before I found you and nutrition coaching as a career, really, and now functional nutrition. Um, you know, it was about, I think about three years ago that I signed up as a client through POP with Danny. And uh, I kind of almost immediately knew that that's what I wanted to do. Like working with her and POP and you, it was pretty much uh, for me, I was like, this is a no brainer. Like I had done a lot of things in my life and recognize things that I didn't want to do. I, you know, worked a desk job for five years, didn't want to do that. I was in the service industry for many years, which was fun. I liked the people interaction there, but also didn't want to do that. Um, and so it was, it was kind of a light bulb moment for me where I was like, yeah, this, this is what I want to do. Um, and I think I sent you a message and I was like, Hey, I want to be a coach for pop. And you were like, nah, <laughs> That doesn't sound like me. <laughs> no, that wasn't what you said. You were like, you need to get certified first. 
And I was like, yeah, all right. That makes sense, I guess. Um, so I did the neuro, I did your neurotyping certification. I did NCI level one and level two. And I think at that point I, I said, Hey, so I'm done. I want to be a coach for pop. <laughs> and you were like, nah, <laughs> <laughs> no, just kidding. Uh, at the time you were full. So you were like, yeah, I am full on coaches or whatever, but I, I signed up to be a mentor with your mentorship and started my own business for a, a little brief period of time before you were like, Hey, come be a pop coach. And I was like, absolutely. I knew, I knew it was a yes immediately. Cause I love what we stand for. Um, you know, it's near and dear to my heart too. So I was all in all for it right away. Um, so that's how I got to be a coach. And then kind of going back to the autoimmune side of things, Can it I was really real quick before we go into that. Yeah. Side. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so I think first thing is to highlight the fact that you were persistent in what you wanted. Because, <laughs> I mean, it's true though. Like I get that question many times over, like, I don't, mm-hmm. I'm not going to act like my DMS are blowing up with coaches who are like, Hey, can I work for you? But probably three to four times a week, I'll get somebody that's like, I'm a coach. I'm a new coach. I'm a seasoned coach, whatever. How do I work for pop? And it's usually the same thing. Like, you know, education level, are you certified? Have you done the neurotype cert? Or like, what is your background? Are you working with clients? Whatever, we get that all out of the way. And then it's just timing. And it's like, hey, we're not looking right now, but if you stay in my ear, then when the time comes, you're gonna be the first person that I think of. And it also helps that you went through the program yourself as a client, because you experienced it firsthand what we do. And then every time there was like an opportunity to get closer, to be like front of mind when I'm like, damn, I need somebody. Cause that's usually how it happens. Like we get these busy periods and it's like, shit, we need people. And yeah. so that's really the thing is a lot of times I'll have those conversations. And then I never hear from the person again, probably because they're like, well, I don't want to bother him. He's busy, whatever. But the reality is it helps me to, when somebody is persistent, because then I know like you're serious about this, you're committed, you'd be a good fit. And that's typically how it happens. But I want to go back to something you said earlier. So going back to the timeline, like the first thing that you kind of got exposed to was, I think you said a juice cleanse in eighth grade. Uh, Where did you hear about that? Was that like um, something that was just like parent induced? Was it just you saw something and were like, hey, this sounds interesting? Yeah. So my parents tried a lot of different things, um, honestly. Hi, mom and dad, by the way. Um, and they tried, you know, South beach, they did a Nutrisystem, they did a bunch of different things. So I think it was probably like a cosmopolitan, uh, magazine. You remember those magazines? Me and my, me and my girlfriends used to, of course, my girlfriends used to buy them all the time. And I had this one friend, Hillary and I, and she and I were always like, you know, what can we do to lose weight? What are we going to do? And I think it was just something we saw in that magazine. And we were like, oh yeah, we'll do this seven day juice cleanse and lose like 15 pounds. Right? No, that's not what happened. It was awful. I didn't, I did not stick with it. (laughs) So thank goodness. Um, But yeah, I'm pretty sure it was, it was just a random article in Cosmo. Yeah. So what's funny about that is you think that all these years that have passed that it would be different, except all the magazines say the same shit that they did 20 years ago or however long. Like, you know, if I'm in the grocery store and I'm like in the checkout line and I'll see something in the head, you know, front cover, it's like, you know, new 
miracle keto drug helps you lose fit. I'm like, what is this? We're, we're yeah. still doing this today. Yeah, like, we're still doing it. As much as we've advanced with, with education and access to information, we're still putting the clickbait title on, you know, how quickly you can lose 20 pounds. It's, it's just crazy. Oh um, yeah. It, but it makes me like really, again, like going back to the empathy side of things, it makes me empathize so much with our clients. Right. Cause it's like the information they get and they see from every angle is contradictory. You know, should I do this? Should I juice cleanse? Should I not juice cleanse? Should I keto? Should I not keto? It's just all over the place. So yeah, I see those magazines. I think the same thing. Most of the time it's like, I lost 50 pounds in 30 days. And I'm like, yeah, you, did you cut off a leg or like what, what happened? (laughs) So I think it is, it's the, uh, the access to information is a gift and a curse because it's helpful, but then there's also the dark side of it where there's so much information that it often creates overwhelm and confusion and what do I listen to? Um, and then one thing I wanted to point out real quick, because uh, if your parents do listen to the episode uh, or listen to the show in general, yeah. I often talk a lot. When I tell my story, I talk a lot about diet influence in my family dynamic, and it's ever intended to criticize. I, my parents, I'm very, very close with my family. I love my parents to death. I think they did an amazing job raising three kids and mm-hmm. uh, provided as much as they could. And um, they were doing what they thought was in our best interest and they were doing the best that they could with the information they had at the time. And in that time period, there was such a like societal demand for like, you know, spray butters and low fat and like all that stuff. And it was like, they, they didn't know any better. So I never say that with the intention to criticize. I always um, kind of speak to that experience with, uh, with empathy and compassion as well. So the other thing that stood out to me about the, kind of like your early journey is when you see this nutritionist that, you know, tells you, okay, we're going to eliminate gluten. We're going to go on this restrictive protocol. And then you're heading into college and focused on your aesthetics. And then you have to deal with the 15 pound weight gain. Um, Mm -hmm. And then hearing the explanation makes sense right now. You're actually absorbing and assimilating nutrients. Okay. We get that part, but you're also like, what the fuck? I want to, I want to look better to go to school. Did you accept that as like, this is just reality or were you like, no, I'm going to still try to like force my way to look a certain way. Yeah, no, I did not accept that. I was definitely like, like hold up. Like I was pretty irritated by it for sure. So yeah, I did kind of continue down the path of, yeah, I, you know, I want a specific aesthetic and I, continued to try different fad diets. I think I did the HCG diet at one time, which is like so awful. <laughs> you know, I, I kept pushing it for sure. And I think kind of a, a changing or a turning point for me, um, number one was within my education where I really did start to learn more about the body and, you know, the chemical balances and all the biochemistry that goes into our metabolism. Um, but two, I got into weightlifting. Um, and you know, as I think as a, a woman who grows up in that culture and as a man who grows up in that sim- similar culture, you spend so much time focused on what your body looks like and you forget that it actually does things. Like I grew up playing sports and I was very proud of that. You know, I, I played hockey and soccer and softball. Um, so I, I knew that I was capable of, of doing things. But it, it wasn't really until I, I did something individually for myself, like weightlifting. And I actually started with CrossFit first. And, 
you know, CrossFit gets a bad rap uh, for certain things. But one thing I can credit it for is for really getting me involved in, in fitness, um, you know, and really kind of starting that off for me and recognizing how much my body could do. And so it, it really did switch the narrative for me from like, you know, what do I look like to, you know, how much weight can I squat? How much weight can I clean and jerk? And, you know, can I, how fast can I do this workout? So I definitely kind of was able to tweak my mindset. I think there was always still that, that aesthetic piece in the back of my mind. Um, but it, it helped lessen the blow. The more that I learned, the more that I, um, got into CrossFit and the weightlifting, the more I was accepting of where I was at and accepting of more of what my body could do and how I felt. I think that was another thing. Like I, I really did just want to feel good. So <clears throat> did you ever have a conversation with that nutritionist about what it would take to change your aesthetics? Like what, what process would, would what would that look like? No, I got two meetings with her. So I got a meeting right when I first got diagnosed and that was like the, you need to go gluten-free meeting. And then I got a follow-up because I did a a endoscopy to look at my intestinal tract. And after I had my follow-up a couple months later to look at my intestinal tract again, I met with her again. Um, and that was it. Um, and, and, you know, when I had the conversation with her, I, I was frustrated and she didn't really give me much on, on what would be helpful to, to change my aesthetic. I think, you know, I was 17. So I also think that at the time it was just kind of like, nope, you're, you're healthy. That's what we care about. So good job. Bye. You know, have fun. Yeah. Well, and what did you do with your nutrition from that point? Like through college, right after college, what did that look like? Did you stick strictly gluten-free? What was that journey like? Oh yeah. I, I did stick gluten-free very, very strictly from that moment. Um, I had a sister-in-law who passed away from cancer. And when my doctor told me that I had celiac disease, one of the things that he said to me was, um, you know, if you don't go gluten-free, you could develop intestinal cancer. And like, to be honest, that, that kind of scared the crap out of me. So it was really like a no brainer for me. I was pretty much got the phone call and did, I didn't even celebrate like with a piece of cake. I didn't have like one last Subway sandwich I just was immediately like, I'm gluten-free now today, starting right this minute. And I didn't really, I didn't really waver from it. Um, Through college though, I was gluten-free, but gluten-free doesn't always mean healthy. You know, gluten-free isn't always whole foods. I could still eat chocolate and I could still have soda and alcohol. Um, So I, I'd say like in comparison to my group of friends, my diet was a little bit more whole foods based, but I still indulged and um, had ice cream and, and alcohol and all that good stuff through college. So it's <laughs> kind of the turning point to start focusing more on like quality nutrition and understanding what was really happening in your body to like fully heal and uh, feel like you had a grip on things. Yeah. Uh, I actually think that that was pretty semi recently, really kind of looking back on the whole picture. Um, I think it really came when I got diagnosed with Hashi's, um, Hashimoto's, uh, which was um, about two and a half years ago now. Um, so when I was with with Danny, one of the things that you know she she helped me with, and something I always hope to you know carry forward to my clients is really being able to advocate for yourself um, in the medical community, in your job, in whatever it is, even in my client's interaction with you, like I want my clients to show up and be able to say like, Hey, Liz, this is what's going on. I want honesty. I want them to advocate for themselves. 
And so, uh, and for me, that sort of piece all tied in when, um, you know, Danny wanted to take me or, or we were working into a fat loss phase. And so we took a dip in and I actually gained weight. And at the same time, she kind of had me take stock or inventory of what other symptoms or what else was coming up for me. And I had an eye twitch that hadn't gone away for like three weeks. My hair was falling out. I was, I had brain fog and fatigue. I couldn't focus. Um, I had heart, heart palpitations even. Um, so Danny was like, yeah, you, you need to get your thyroid checked. So she was like, uh, you know, make an appointment with your doctor. So I did went to my primary care physician and he ran a full panel, which was just a complete blood count. And <laughs> I was like, can I also look at my thyroid? So he's like, oh yeah. So tacked on TSH, you know, cool. And my blood work come back, came back and he's like, uh, I was so normal. And in fact, that um, he referred to me as a Ferrari. He's like, wow, your blood work is so good. You're like, you're like a Ferrari. And I was like, well, this Ferrari has like some cracks in the windshield or something. Cause this isn't normal. Like I don't feel, I don't feel like a Ferrari. Um, and he basically summed it up to you're a working mom and you're stressed, like go take a bath or something, you know, and that wasn't really good enough for me. So I was like, um, I'm going to get a second opinion. The second opinion doctor was mostly irritated that I was even there. Um, you know, like, why, why are you even here? And she basically said the same thing. You're a mom, you're stressed, take a nap. And she referred me to an ophthalmologist because in her mind, like the eye twitch was the, the thing. And so I go to the ophthalmologist and of course they're like, your eyesight's perfect. There's nothing wrong with your eyes. And I'm like, yeah, I could have told you that, but I'm, I just came here, I guess. And so again, you know, Danny was like, you need to see a functional uh, medical uh, person or a naturopath. So I did. And it was just kind of a complete change to what I was used to, you know, in the medical industry and not, not to like talk negatively about the medical industry. They're there for a purpose. They serve, you know, they serve a purpose. They have a reason and, and they're great at what they do. Um, but the naturopath or the functional side was a lot more attentive. So, you know, I spent an hour with her talking about how my health history and um, my current symptoms. And she ran a bunch of tests. She ran, you know, a GI map and she ran, she ran a full hormone panel and she looked at all of my markers for uh, thyroid health. And the, you know, she called me and the day that I got called to, and she told me I had Hashimoto's and I, I was actually like messaging my husband because I was anxious or I felt anxious, but it was really heart palpitations. So I'm sitting there like thinking I have anxiety, really bad anxiety, but I had no reason to be. I was sitting at my desk job, no, no cares in the world at that moment. And my heart was just racing. And I, and so she calls me and she's like, Hey, you have, you have Hashimoto's. And I knew briefly what it was, but I didn't know entirely. Um, and she was actually quite unaware of what it was as well. So for me, I was like, I'm going to call somebody I, I know has a really good a handle on this. So I called Travis Zipper and I was like, Hey, I just got diagnosed with Hashimoto's. What do I need to do? And he was like, you know, he gave me the full, full blown. And, you know, he knew I was a nutrition coach as well. So for him, it was, he also taught me a lot about what it was and how to go about it. And 
the hard thing with Hashimoto's, which by the way, is a autoimmune condition of the thyroid. So your body basically mounts an attack against your thyroid. And when you're in a flare up, it can be really um, kind of jarring because you can move in back and forth between hyperthyroid and hypothyroid. So you can end up having, you know, symptoms of both. And so when I went to him, he really kind of hammered it home to me. I think the big ones for me were, were actually stressed. So my first two doctors weren't wrong. Like I was actually stressed. Um, but it wasn't just like, go take a bath. It was, you know, stop doing high intensity interval training six days a week and stop trying to eat in a calorie deficit and focus on your sleep and, you know, focus on whole foods that aren't inflammatory. Uh, you know, it was a lot of like pulling back in the first two months was uh, actually the first month, Travis was like, you're just going to walk. Like, we're not going to lift weights. You're not going to do, you're not going to do CrossFit. You're not going to do any of that. You're just going to walk. And honestly, within that first month of just walking, pulling back on exercise, not trying to diet, not trying to eat in a deficit, I felt way better, uh, like within four weeks of just that. Um, and that's really when it became apparent to me, um, you know, that there are so many different things that really go into your metabolism and nutrition being obviously a really big piece of that, but stress and sleep, um, your, your health history are, are big deals. Your mindset is a big deal. Um, which is why I love, you know, pop and our whole philosophy, because I think we really work with people holistically, you know, we don't just say, oh, here's your nutrition plan have a nice day. It's, it's every piece of the puzzle plays a role. <clears throat> it's a, and it's such a, so something that we share in common is that we both have Hashimoto's mm-hmm. and um, I found out very, pretty recently. And it was another situation where my blood work wasn't perfect. Like yours, like I wasn't in range for certain things, but if you looked at it, like my T4 was fine, my T3 was fine. And like, I'm not talking about fine within range. I'm talking about like even kind of close to optimal. My TSH was high. So that was the first thing that my doctor was like, well, you don't necessarily have issues now, but like your brain's working really hard to send the signal to your thyroid and it will be an issue. So we should just put you on thyroid medication. And, and then it was like, there was no any like further follow-up or test or anything like that. It was just start taking thyroid meds. And then when I started working with Aaron, uh, that was when we like kind of looked at the full panel and looked at thyroid antibodies. And then when I saw my thyroid antibody numbers, it was like, holy shit, this is not normal. It's like (laughs) astronomical because to your point, like when you're, you know, thyroid or your body is kind of attacking itself then you have all of these antibodies that that can get elevated. And then there's things like um, eating gluten for me keep, you know, elevates my thyroid antibodies even more. So that was when I went on a whole elimination diet and talked about it and everything like that. Um, But I think it's just like one of those things where you do have to advocate for yourself if you are feeling a certain way and you're being told that it's normal or just kind of like, yeah, you know, get, take a bath and (laughs) cut back. Have a nap. (laughs) It's like, the, the message or the intent is there, but there's just, there's so much more that we can do. And um, when you talk about the like human metabolism and the way that we do things at pop, like it's such a complex and nuanced system as a whole, because every 
variable impacts everything else and it's multi-directional. And if you change one thing, it changes stuff downstream and upstream. It's like so complex. And like, we try to simplify it as best we can and make it seem easy to digest, but it is a complex system. So it's important that we do have a holistic approach because your mindset will impact your metabolism and your, you know, the foods that you eat might not sit well. Like it's it, somebody, somebody else's plan where they're like, Oh no, you just eat these foods. This is what I did. And I feel great. Like that could be a horrible plan for somebody else. And yeah. um, I want to take a brief pause in this conversation with Liz to tell you about Organifi. You should already know, but I'm going to remind you there's a, there's a saying that oftentimes people need to be reminded more than they need to be told. So let me remind you how important it is to start your day off with a win, to start your day off by putting something quality into your body. Get your mind out of the gutter. I'm talking about micronutrients. I'm talking about vitamins and minerals. I'm talking about Organifi green juice, which is the best way to start your morning. It's how I start every single day. Wake up, I do my thing, brush my teeth, make the bed, and then I go into the kitchen and I make and I pour myself a glass of water, put a little lemon juice in there. I drink that. And then I fill up the cup again and I put some Organifi green juice, crisp apple flavor. You guys have been loving the crisp apple. And I'm glad that my recommendation, that my reminder is landing because the feedback on the crisp apple has been quite simply, it's the best tasting green juice on the market. And I agree with you. I've tried all of the other green products. Organifi Green Juice Crisp Apple is the best tasting. Now, at night, I had been telling you about gold juice. Gold juice is amazing. If you need help unwinding, get some functional mushrooms in your system, some reishi, turkey tail. You want something that calms down your brain, get some Organifi Gold Juice. However, what Mel and I have been doing lately is we've actually been using the Harmony, a product that Organifi has called Harmony, chocolate flavor to, or a cocoa flavor. Cocoa or cacao, I don't actually remember, but it's one of those. And uh, it's delicious. And we have been using that same exact process. At night, we warm up our almond milk. We put the harmony in there. And it is the perfect dessert-flavored treat to end the day. Now, harmony is actually a hormone-balancing product. So it really depends if you're more interested in like calming your brain down then I would go with the gold juice, chocolate flavor. If you're more interested in your hormone health, I would go with Harmony. If you want both, go with both. But we're probably going to have to update the pop bundle, which is a made-up bundle, <laughs> to include the Harmony. Green juice, crisp apple, gold juice, chocolate. Harmony is like the perfect trio. You can go to Organifi.com slash popfam. That's O-R-G. A-N-I-F-I dot com slash P-O-P-F-A-M. Use code POPFAM at checkout to get 20% off all of Organifi's products. So my recommendation and my reminder, since you don't need to be told, you just need to be reminded that it's really important to start your day with some quality ingredients, some quality vitamins and minerals, micronutrients, get all of your veggies in without having to eat a bunch of veggies. Your vegetable insurance policy is so important. Start your day with Organifi Green Juice Crisp Apple at, at night, the Gold Juice Chocolate or the Harmony. You can't go wrong. Try both. Try one or the other. 
Organifi.com slash popfam, P-O-P-F-A-M. Use that code at checkout. And let's get back to the conversation with Liz. I, I love that. And like, I, I'm pretty musically um, driven person. So like, I, I kind of liken it to a, a band. So, you know, in the functional uh, nutrition space, we refer to metabolic chaos or metabolic dysfunction. And so I look at it like you have this band and you have a drummer and a guitarist and a bassist and guy on cowbell and like keyboard guy. Right. And what happens is like, maybe the guy on cowbell loses the beat for a minute. He loses the beat. And then all of a sudden, you know, the backup singers are like, what's going on? So they try to like slow down or speed up to go with guy on cowbell. And then the guitarist gets thrown off too. And he's like looking around, like what the hell is happening now? And so now your whole band is like out of sync. And it might've started with the guy on cowbell, but nobody is playing the right song anymore. Like not a single person is playing the right song. So you can't just yell, like, get it together. You have to like actually dive into it and figure out what happened with the cowboy guy. Like what's he, did he not understand what the beat is like? Who, and now this person over here has to be, um, you know, retargeted as well. So that's kind of how I think about metabolic chaos. And, and even just talking about like uh, body composition and weight, you know, at the very fundamental, it's a chemical reaction. And so, and your metabolism is responsible for this chemical reaction. And there's, again, a lot of different things that go into it. A lot of different pieces of the band. You got your liver, your adrenals, you have your gut. There's just so many different things. And so I always think about, you know, the people who are like, yeah, calories in, calories out. It's just like somebody in the crowd being like, get it together. Like, <laughs> yeah, that's not going to help. You know, it, it doesn't help. Uh, more cowbells. Yeah, <laughs> more cowbell. <laughs> more cowbell. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, it's, uh, it is a nuanced process and there's a lot going on. And obviously calories in, calories out matter. And, you know, I think we both agree that you can't, you can't always blame everything on one thing. You know, some people want to blame it all on hormones and some people want to blame it all on gut health. The point is that it's all working together. It's, it's everything. So that's why like, I really wanted to get into the functional space. That's why I wanted to, to be able to do uh, testing for our clients, because I recognize that, you know, I can do my best to empower people to advocate for themselves, but it's still just not that simple. And it's not as simple as just going to your doctor and saying, Hey, I want this panel run. And then they run it and it doesn't help. Right. So, uh, you know, I wanted to be able to provide something that I recognize from my own journey as being important. Um, and I see it in, in our clients here and there, you know, there's a handful of clients who just do everything right. And they still feel kind of awful and they still aren't getting everything that they want. And so, and I recognize that I'm like, man, if we could just run a test, if we could just see what's going on inside and really get a full look at at your symptoms and your whole band, like we might be able to, to make this song work for you. Um, yeah. It's a great analogy. Uh, as you mentioned, like the calories in calories out thing. I think the other part that people forget is that it's not a static formula and mm -hmm. it's not really a formula at all, but it, a lot yeah. of people think of it as, as a, as an equation, mm -hmm. you get this output number, uh, but they impact each other. So mm -hmm. calories in influences calories out and calories out influences calories in. And that's not even talking about all the other variables. That's not even talking about all the other members of the band. That's just yeah. talking about the in and outside of the equation that they impact each other. Because when you 
eat more, you have more food to digest. You might have more energy, you might also move more and, and walk more and fidget more. And when you eat less, you're going to have these compensatory mechanisms that kick in to then, you know, say, well, wait a minute. Are we, is there famine? Are we going to get enough energy in? Maybe we should slow down certain processes in the body, which also influences the calories out. It influences hunger, craving, like all of these things influence each other. So that's why we can't distill it down to a static formula of energy balance. Yes, we know that it matters, but it's, it's one of those things that if you're so hyper-focused on that, it's a, it's a very slippery slope. And I find that to be a pretty unstable foundation to build from. Uh, but what I like is the approach of let's get to the root of why this, this song isn't working. Like, why is this band not in sync right now? Let's get to the root cause. And I think, you know, when we talk about the medical field, I think it's important to recognize that like your situation they're looking for an acute answer for an acute solution or, you know, an acute solution to an acute problem, but it's not an acute problem. Like you've had autoimmune condition is not something that you just throw an antibiotic at and say, have a nice day and hope that it clears itself up. Like understand what's happening, where, what is the root cause? So as you kind of dive into the functional space, you start to recognize that that's basically the question from the functional nutritionist perspective is what is causing this and what is the root? And is it, is a chronic, usually it's a chronic issue that requires more than just a band-aid solution. It requires addressing all members of the band that are influenced by that. Yeah, for sure. And, and especially like with Hashimoto's, I think I see most often, uh, you know, people that I've worked with who have Hashimoto's, they, they are just immediately given thyroid medication. You know, that's, and the medical industry is, is really based on uh, curing disease. So they're more of a reactive uh, industry, in my opinion, than they are a preventative uh, industry. And so that, that's where I feel like we are at. You know, we get to be kind of hopefully more on the preventative side. We also have to be reactive to people who come, come in with disease. Um, but, you know, throwing medication at it, uh, it is a Band-Aid. And I am pretty fortunate, actually, that I went through and did my own healing protocol with Travis. Um, I worked with Lee Montgomery for a while as well. And through my own research, I didn't have to go on any thyroid medication. And I'm not on any now, um, which isn't to say that people don't need to. But it's a possibility. Like, it's a possibility to say, what's going on here? Um, do we need to medicate at this point? Or can we get you to a better place before we have to consider that? Um, cause then, you know, you throw medication in and you're changing the whole chemical equation right away. Like the whole reaction is changed by adding a medication in. Now it changes where your point of contact is and which, which area you're going to go. So yeah, it's, it's a totally a holistic thing. And, um, I just think being able to help people with that is going to be really important and beneficial. Um, you know, and I think even for myself as a coach, it's, it's again, kind of touching on the empathy side of things. Like, you know, I'm not a 20 year old fitness influencer on Instagram, you know, like I'm a mom, I've had to deal with my own aesthetic journey and mindset, and I've had to deal with my own metabolic dysfunction. <laughs> and that I think makes me a pretty good coach, um, because I can recognize that I can see that in my own clients and say like, yeah, you know, you're not crazy. It's not just that you have an eye twitch and you need to see an ophthalmologist. Like there's something going on here and, and I want to be able to help. So at what yeah. point in the process when you're working with a client, do you start to look at some underlying issues that may require testing? Because I think it's having gone through it myself, 
uh, it sucks just to be blunt, like having to do 90 days of an elimination diet really sucked. I did not enjoy it. I'm not going to pretend it's easy. And even now adjusting to gluten-free, like I've, I found that sometimes I'm just mindless about it. It's not because it's been so new for me. It's not yet a habit. It's not yet ingrained in me. Fortunately, I didn't consume a lot of gluten to begin with. So it wasn't a huge adjustment, but it's still something that requires conscious thought from my end. Um, at what point do you find yourself being like, like the basics are the basics for a reason. So if you have a client that you're working with, you know, we're going to address lifestyle, we're going to address sleep and stress, we're going to address nutrition and food quality and quantity and all the things and exercise and walking and recovery. And we're going to look at all the big rocks. At what point do you say, you know what, there might be something else going on here because we've kind of checked all of these, these basic boxes and it's still not feeling right? Or is that something that you get a sense for like right out of the gate? Um, and I'm kind of wondering because I think that there are situations where clients will say, it must be my hormones, but they're like drinking eight glasses of wine every weekend. (laughs) Give me like, give me the fix for my hormones, but also don't take away my wine. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good point. I also uh, agree with you on the elimination diet. It's not for the faint of heart. Oh my goodness. Um, but yeah, I think I, I actually started asking questions about this now right away. Um, you know, I kind of have my whole intake form that I go through. And one of the big sections I talk to them about is health. Um, so I, I really try to dive in from the beginning, just so that I have an understanding of, you know, what could come down the line. Uh, I typically don't start there with anybody. So, you know, I'll ask all the questions, talk to me about your gut health and your digestion. Do you have any issues with uh, food or food intolerances that you're aware of? Um, digestion is a big one. And then also like detoxification, do you sweat regularly? I'll ask them basic questions about like, are they tired and functioning throughout the day or are they lethargic brain fog? And they kind of will go on and expand on that themselves. So I'll start learning way more about them at that point where they'll be like, well, I have some joint pain and you know, yeah, you know, I've lost some hair or whatever. So I can kind of start getting an impression of their health right then and there. Most people who have stuff going on are, have worked with a doctor or are working with a doctor. And so for me, there's always that balance as well. Like, understanding that, that the doctor and I have to be kind of in sync, you know, I'm not going to contradict the doctor because I'm not one. Um, and so I think from the beginning, I try to get a good impression of where they're at and where their health is at. And then I'll go to the basics because it still comes back to that. It's always going to come back to that. So we'll go through and go with the basics. And as we kind of work through that uh, and learning more about that person, um, and, and believing them and developing that relationship where I know they're being honest and, you know, we're working together collaboratively. If we get to a place where, you know, we've done everything right, they've primed their metabolism, we've spent time not dieting and focusing on the basics. And then we try to go into a deficit and weird things pop up, you know, out of the normal things like they gain weight or, um, you know, hair loss or anything like that. That to me is a really big indicator um, you know, you kind of have this expectation of what, what you think should happen when you start somebody into a dieting phase. Um, and I'll find more often than not, that that's not always what, what happens. Um, there's also the piece that some people require a little bit more of an aggressive deficit than other people. You know, that's why we, we work with people's neurotypes, which helps like sort that out. 
But if anything odd pops up like, like that, like weight, weight gain or hair loss or anything out of the normal, that to me is like a big flag, especially if they already had stuff that was pre-existing that they knew about. Um, and down the road, as I'm talking to people, I think they do get more comfortable telling me like, oh, you know, actually my digestion really sucks. Like I'm only having a bowel movement every three days. And, you know, I switch back and forth between constipation and diarrhea, or I'm really bloated. My stomach's gurgling all the time. And I've been taking Nexium for like 10 years. So those pieces, I think, make it pretty apparent that, yeah, you've got something going on. And instead of just guessing, we should probably do some tests and see, see what is in there. Would you say that's the biggest, like when you, when you think about the benefit for clients uh, to be able to go down the functional path? Do you feel like that's it right there is being able to understand like what's actually happening under the hood that's creating these symptoms and how you're feeling and being able to get real answers? Because I know for me, it was when I heard the laundry list of things that came back on my test. At first, I was like, I take care of myself. I'm pretty healthy. Like, what the fuck? So first, I was a little bit angry. Like, why? Yes. But then I was like, no, this is actually great. I have answers. And that's really all I cared about. You know, so there was the initial, like, I work out, I walk every day, I eat pretty well, like I'm I'm pretty fit. Why do I have Hashimoto's and a parasite and SIBO and whatever that you know, whatever else came up? Like what what is going on here? But then it was like, but there's answers. Do you feel like that's really the main benefit for clients? Oh, hundred percent. Um, and it's funny you you spoke straight to me there because that's exactly what what happened for me when they told me I had Hashi's, I was like, no, like, you've got to be kidding me. Like I take good care of myself. I exercise, I eat well, I'm gluten-free, like <laughs> to a T. I, that can't be, I did go through, I think the interesting part, you know, and maybe it, you can say this too, but you almost go through like a grieving period because for me, it was like, oh, now, like, I really have to figure this out and I have to make some changes. So there's like this weird grieving period where like, all right, Liz without Hashimoto's is no more. And now Liz has Hashimoto's and that's a new person. Um, but yeah, for me, it was also the answers thing. It was like, okay, if I have an answer, that means I can come up with a solution, like, like another math equation for me. It's like, here it is. What's X over here. Let's just figure this out. Um, so the answers piece is a big one. It also really gives you, you know, for me, like, um, a, a really, I guess, confident sense of like, my mind and my body being related and interconnected, it really made me listen to my body a lot more. And so sometimes it can just be like the kind of scary ish piece that gets people to, to pay attention to themselves too, where it's like, you know, a lot of, a lot of parents, we had a lot of parents, right. And they've spent so much time focused on kids and family and all of that. And so getting a test result and an answer can be kind of that smack in the face to be like, okay, I guess I do need to take care of me. And like, I need to put some focus on this. <clears throat> yeah, I completely agree. Uh, you mentioned that when you found out you had celiac, that you didn't have your like one last Subway sandwich or one last piece of birthday cake. Um, I handled things a little bit differently. <laughs> I had my like weekend. It was like, all right, elimination, classic diet starts Monday, elimination. <laughs> like I'm drinking this weekend. I'm eating whatever the fuck I want. And I had my, I call it last chance syndrome. I got my last chance syndrome out of my system. And then it was, it was onto the elimination diet. But um, I feel like it's, 
being able to reintroduce foods. I think that was the part that probably led to the last chance was feeling like this was going to be my forever state. I'm like, what if I always have to be like this? What if I can't ever have fun again? And then once I started reintroducing foods and then learning that, you know, I could have like some, some vodka, wasn't going to throw anything off, like within reason, I can have things in moderation and I could reintroduce some dairy and I, and I was fine with some dairy, but not others. And just, again, getting answers. It's like, okay, now I know when I tried to like even a little bit of gluten, if I'm mindless and I have some, I know it immediately. It's not mm-hmm. a secret. My body tells me many times yeah. over and I'm like, shit, I, I gotta be a little bit more strict with that, but everything like, you know, having a little bit of dairy has been fine. I found like certain cheeses that sit well with me, some that don't being able to reintroduce things like oats. And I'm totally fine with that. And it was just the answers was, was the, so I think for me, it was like, this is going to be my forever state recognizing now. Yes. Of course, that's not the case. And kind it's of not the case. Yeah. You work through it. And I actually had to do two elimination diets um, because I messed the first one up so bad. The first one I was like, you know, I did try to do it on my own. So, you know, benefits of having somebody do it with you or a coach, uh, you can't, it's hard to do on your own, especially an elimination diet where it's so, it is very restrictive. It serves a purpose. You know, you're, you're really trying to heal the gut. You're trying to figure out foods that work well with you and don't work well with you. But I did just kind of just destroy the whole reintroduction phase. I was so ready to reintroduce foods. I was just like every food <laughs> we're done. We're done here. You know? So the second time I did it, I did it much more slowly and in the right way. Um, but this reminds me because I think we have a lot of people who come in with like this good food, bad food mentality. Right. And like all good foods are like, uh, meat, potatoes and veggies and, and fruits. And these are good foods and bad foods are, you know, chocolate and, and alcohol and whatnot, um, which nutritionally a value is, is different than good and bad. But this process also made me realize that like, it's not really about the good foods, bad foods. It's really about like what foods work well with you, you, what, what foods work well for you and for your chemical balance. And so, you know, it's, we get clients all the time who want, want us to create some restriction around food, right? They come to us and that's what they're used to. What, tell me what foods I can't eat. And I'm like, well, does that food cause you to have any sort of digestive issues? Do you, do you break out? Are you itchy? Like, is there something going on with that specific food that makes you think that it's bad for you? Or are you just labeling it bad because it's got some sugar in it? Like that's, that's it. There's a difference. And so that the elimination diet kind of drove that one home for me too, where it was like, there were foods that, you know, would be considered bad that I can have and they don't interact poorly with my body and that's okay. I can have them in moderation. Yeah, completely agree. Um, it's one of those things where it's a pet peeve of mine and I am guilty of it too. But when people call it a program and they're like, you're a program, blah, blah, blah. And and it's because it feels like they're trying to box it in. And maybe it's my own, like, trauma response from, from previous <laughs> history, but it's like, I, sometimes I'll call it a program too, just because it's the word that I'll use, but I hate that word to describe it because to me, the program feels like it's this preset way of doing things. And it's anything but that it's so individualized and personalized that there, there is no program. So if somebody's like, well, I can't follow this program. And I'm like, you don't know what the program is. It's no fucking program. <laughs> it is literally for you and your life and your body. There is, yes. it's like, 
they they expect the don't eat this, only eat that. Do I have to track? Do I not have like mm-hmm. it depends? It always depends. So yeah, I think we talked about this in Vegas too, where it's like, you know, people are almost so used to this whole like fad diet program where they have these rules, they have all these rules. So when they come to us. And yeah, they are expecting like a program, but that's not really what we offer. It's sometimes really jarring for people to just be told like, you know, we're not going to set these harsh rules around things. You're an individual and what works for you is not going to work. Like what works for me doesn't work for Mike. So why, why would we try to pigeonhole you into this box of a program? Um, it always just makes me smile. And that's, that can be a hard piece of working with a client though, is getting them to understand like sometimes it, it's simple. Sometimes it is simple. It doesn't always mean it's easy, but it is. So you don't have to create all these rules. It doesn't have to be complex. <clears throat> do you want a meal plan or do you want to learn how to do this forever? Yeah. Yeah. It's not. I think it's, it's too like they've created this mountain that they feel like, you know, with weight loss or fat loss, they've almost created this mountain for themselves. And they're like, it has to be so difficult because I've tried my whole life to lose weight. I've been trying forever, 10, 20 years to lose weight. So it must be really hard, must be really complex. So they come to us and I think they expect that. That's why they expect the complexity because they come in and, and we tell them, actually, it's kind of simple. And they're like, no, 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 no. Can't be. I, <laughs> I've been doing this for a long time. <laughs> Can't be that simple. It's such a profound shift. And when it happens, it's like the most beautiful moment, because if you think back to their history for most of our clients, it's always been pick a plan, try really hard to follow the plan, eventually go off the plan and then start back over either with the same plan or a different plan and rinse and repeat. Now I'm I'm on this new plan. I'm starting this new plan. I'm going to try really hard to stay on this plan. I'm not going to fall off this plan. Oh, I fell off this plan. I have to start back over. And then we're like, guess what? There's no more starting over. There's no more. Like the plan is this thing that we're doing forever. So we're going to learn. And then you had it recently with a client who was like, I never have to start over again. And I was like, that is somebody when they have that, that light bulb moment, like I never have to start over. It's such a beautiful moment. Oh yeah. It was, that's always my, like the most rewarding thing to me working with, with clients is getting them to a place where they feel that, you know, it's, it's cool to lose 15 pounds. It's cool to put on some muscle. Um, It's great to PR in the gym or to run your half marathon, but actually getting to a place where you're finally like, man, I'm like kind of free of these thoughts about needing to continue to do something or be something that I'm not. Um, that's a big win for me. And that's honestly, you know, a lot of why pop spoke to me and why I wanted to coach for pop was like, I heard that a lot. It's not just about your, your physical outcomes. It's the mental, emotional outcomes. Um, those are the big, big wins in my opinion. <clears throat> so, um, it's, it's nice to have coaches like yourself who are able to like take, I, I'm just the one that talks a lot. And then you guys actually <laughs> put it in practice and make it come true. So I appreciate that. Um, for, for anybody who is listening that wants to work with you, obviously they can come through pop, but I would love for them to uh, follow you directly and be able to connect with you and ask questions if they have them. So where's the best place for them to do that? Um, yeah, you can email me at Liz at peak optimization performance.com or I'm on Instagram 
at liz.pop.nutrition. Um, those are typically the best ways to get a hold of me. <clears throat> I will post that in the show notes. And again, um, I feel like I should highlight more of our coaches because truly <laughs> the best coaches in the, on the planet. Um, Obviously. That's objectively speaking. It's unbiased. <laughs> it's proven. It's backed by science. Don't ask for the research report. It just is. Yeah. Just it is. I could write a research report for us. Yes, please do. <laughs> <laughs> uh, all right. I appreciate your time and I will talk to you soon. Awesome. Thanks.